Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 219, that's 2-1, it's 9, it's the ENS. Heart. I'm your host Nathan Judah, delighted to be back, rushed back from a little cheeky trip back home and back in the sea with Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, how's it going, bebe? <laughs> Mate, I've never seen someone who's had little sleep and has travelled hours have so much energy. I am struggling. Well, I've just downed a Starbucks blonde. Love it. Uh, no, uh, coffee. Uh, Ameri- <laughs> 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 just because the missus is still away. Uh, I, I, I meant the other one. It was a good trip. It wasn't a great trip. Uh, so, uh, so um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm coffeeed up for a little bit. I'm struggling, mate. To be, I, I am struggling. We uh, we left New York about six o'clock yesterday evening. Got in at six a.m. this morning from Heath to Heathrow. Not great. Got 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 a cab at seven. Took me an hour and a half to get to the old apartment in London. Uh, did four hours from there. No sleep on the plane. Or oh, one hour sleep, mate. Honestly, the plane was a nightmare. So I get on board. My my bed is should be at 180 flat, and it wasn't. It was about 170, so I was a little bit inverted. The pillows, my the pajamas that were that were given to me were a little bit kind of like um, sandpapery, so I wasn't comfortable. The blanket and the duvet, it was a little bit too warm. The air conditioning wasn't there. The champagne, were, uh, they've changed it from Moe to kind of like a, a regional one, which was fine. But but definitely not as not as dry as normal, and then the cheese and biscuits. There are only two or three selections rather than four or five that they normally have there. So so all in all, I, you know, I'm slightly disappointed and 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 pretty much frustrated. That's strange. I didn't think you got all of that in the economy these days. Ah, uh, mate, you know what they say, mate. When 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 you get on the plane, you know, we go right, Judah goes left. That's what they say, <laughs> mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> right, come on, give me a little bit of a you know a brief overview of your trip. I want to know. Mm. All the, I saw obviously all the stuff on Twitter, and you went to a lot of sports games. And... I did. Yeah, I did. Went to a lot. Of, so I, I split it up into into three very good chunks, mate. So first of all, the the best chunk for me was when Alana left before me. She went to go and see family on the west coast. So I had. I saw the opportunity of having three days of Nathan time in New York. Ah, what a three days it was, by the way. People who don't know, I'm a Blue Jays fan, Toronto Blue Jays. So I went to go and they were playing the New York Yankees. So I went to go and see them a couple of times. Um, Love my food. There's quite a few places I want to visit from a foodie point of view. New York Times reviewed places that were there. The, in in um, new restaurants that were that were great, ate my body weight in food, did a lot of walking, did a lot of working out, and and of course the U.S. Open, which is probably I would say out of all the sporting events that I went to, the highlight. Um, see seeing Raducanu quarters, semis, and, and and getting through and winning. I mean, very lucky to be honest with the situation that I was in to be able to go there and to see a, you know a Brit female win it. It was unbelievable. She was unbelievable. Um, so I managed to get tickets. I mean, to be honest, it was very easy to get tickets. I don't know if you if you watched any of it, mate. But wow, for me, one of the great sporting achievements individually of all time. Um, I mean, she's going to be worth. They're saying she's going to be worth more than potentially Federer at this moment because she's the most marketable athlete on the planet at this moment in time. Um, but she's just no no pressure. Like, she honestly, to not drop a set, to go through 10 matches, three qualifiers, and then all the way to the final and win it. Oh, my God. And she was great when I watched her. Like, just effortless, uh, strong, uh, forehands unbelievable. Anyway, to go and see it win it, amazing. So that that was great. Were you at the um, final, were you? No, no, I was, I was at the quarters and at the semis. And not then uh, the, final, the final I watched. But, um, yeah, just, just awesome. And uh, one of our best mates... Uh, James O'Brien, his sister's Katie O'Brien, who some tennis people might remember, as she was former British number one a few years ago now. So, so good access, mate. Got a little members access. Got to do a little bit of a meet and greet and stuff. So, very, very good. Um, then flew over to Detroit, met the missus there um, to go to some college football game. She's a big, she's a big uh, college football fan. So, went to an amazing stadium in Ann Arbor, which is which is uh, Michigan Stadium. 
108,000, the biggest sports stadium in the US for a college football game, which I know people are like, oh, I don't like American sports. But to put into perspective, that's 108,000 people packed to watch basically the equivalent of what a university rugby game would be here, which is just insane. I mean, it is bigger than the NFL, bigger than the pro sports. So uh, great to see that. Then I went to an NFL game. Then we went back to New York a uh, couple of days. Again, just uh, just wandering around and um, and then back, mate. So, yeah, fun, fun, lots of fun. I, I am tired, um, but I missed, you know, I say that. Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should stay away because the two <laughs> games that Wolves have won this season, I haven't even been there. Missed Saturday, was ill at Forest, so work from home. I don't know what I don't know whether Bruno wants to see me at Brentford. To be honest, no, he did drop me a text actually, Bruno. He did said, he? Yeah, he said, "Can Judah please stay away from only you on uh, on Saturday?" Yeah, so maybe maybe he would like to see me at Brentford because I'd be at the bloody wrong ground, wouldn't I? To be honest, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, great great trip, mate. Uh, lots of lots of shenanigans, lots of fun. Uh, we were at, we were at uh, um, MGM Grand, uh, the equivalent at, uh, in Detroit as well. So a bit of gambling as well. I had everything. I had everything. It was a uh, Fun time, fun time. Did you miss me? Yeah. Well, you know what? We got Hatfield, so I listened to the podcast on the way back, mate. <laughs> so I mean, no. Is uh, yeah, new, newly, newly engaged Hatfield, mate. Uh, no chance of a, no chance of a double wedding, mate. No, you did not get the flutters when you saw the picture. Maybe you might be able to get down on one knee and take a leaf out of his book. Not at my age. A little old ring. <laughs> I can't afford it. Can you pay for it? Mate, you, you, Put your money you, where your mouth is. Mate, I've seen your I've seen what you're on, your your bump from Walsall to Wolf's salary, mate. Look, I'm only on hundred K, there's you know, there's nothing you know, it's I, I need to, you know, a big uh, a big wedge to uh, to fork out for the big diamond. You can get a good nine carat gold ring, mate, for that sixty quid raise, mate, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, <laughs> you've got it you've got it in you, you've got it in you. But uh no, ready to go, mate now. We've got I've got three games in a week, have we nearly coming up? Which is nice, you know, because I'm sort of used to the, um, you know, as you said, the hustle cook, and bustle of of, 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 of bang average EFL <laughs> football. Watching, obviously, as I said watching watching Walsall for a couple of years. I'm used to them being games thick and fast, so it mm. was almost quite weird for me uh, waiting a whole week. And then also the fact that I, you know, missed the Leicester game because of COVID, then missed the United game because I was uh, out and about sunning it up in Manchester. Um, and so I've sort, of, I feel like I wasn't quite you know, in the, the thick of it yet with games, you know, every week. So I'm not quite looking forward to getting, you know, a few games within a few days under my belt. Um, and hopefully some more wins. I mean, God, it, was, it must have been a bad dream getting Spurs in the Cowboy Cup. I just really oh, hope we get past them. Oh, I know, I know. By the way, please, any chance of you getting a prediction correct for this shirt? If you don't get it wrong, if you get it wrong this week... Um, I'm I'm leaving you for a week, and I'm going to do it the following week. Okay, look, I'll do, way, it for, I'll do it for I'll do it for Spurs or I'll do it for Southampton. The for way Spurs the game it. went at Watford, three one was actually quite a good, quite a good prediction. Well, let's talk about it, Liam, because we've got to win on the board, Bebe, and it was important. I tell you what, this was an important game for me because after all the doom and gloom of transfer deadline day and and what may have may have been and what was not, uh, I felt that. If they put in a poor performance or they got beat, uh, then the knives would well and truly be out for for a lot of people. And so this this was a massive win. Now uh, an own goal and a, and a, and a Juan, by the way, one in one. What's what's what, this record? One hundred percent scoring record. Absolutely fantastic. But but um, from a obviously I didn't watch the game. I watched bits of it, but I wasn't at the game. Um, from a performance point of view, Liam, this is what I wanted to ask you. Out of the three games, the three Premier League games prior, where they played, they were the better side in all three. I think it's pretty pretty safe to say. What was the performance like overall compared to those three games? Was it? I can't imagine it was a better performance than Man United. Was this? Was this one of the 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 second best, the third best, or was it the first three games better? Did Wolves perform better, and yet they've ended up winning the game? I think, if I'm honest, there's probably an argument, particularly in the first half, there's an argument to say the first three Premier League games performances were, were yeah. better. Yeah. Um, Wolves really rode a storm in that 
it was somewhere between sort of twentieth minute of the first half and the, and the rest of that half, then sort of mm. the second half of the of the first half, if you will. They they really rode a storm. They were getting caught out all over the place um, on their on their left side, Watford's right. Ishmael Asar and Musa Sissoko, just you know, very simple one twos, and Marcel and and Sice were all at sea. To be honest, yeah, um, they were getting through them very nicely, very easily. Um, should have scored. There was one or two balls that Saar put in. Uh, an effort that Sissoko had as well, and they should have scored at least one easily. Uh, and it was strange because it was, you know, from kickoff to about that twenty-minute mark, Wolves were so in control. Mm. They looked after the ball very well. Um, Watford were toothless, to be honest. I mean, Josh King was running onto long balls that were being mopped up very easily by, you know, a goalkeeper in Saar that comes out uh, quite eagerly, and then uh, a back three that were. Pretty composed, to be honest, for twenty minutes or so, and then it, it just sort of the momentum changed, and um, and Watford ended the half better, uh, should have scored, um, and that was really what we hadn't seen, I think, in the first three games uh, against you know better opposition uh, at least, and um, I don't, I'm not sure quite where to put my finger on it, to be honest, because it was almost like Wolves just sort of stepped off the gas a little bit uh, and allowed Watford to, to grow into the game when they had them really by the scruff of the neck in the first 20 minutes mm. uh, and had some good opportunities. Um, but the the positive is, you know, they didn't concede. And from the second half onwards, they um, the tactical tweaks they made were really quite intelligent. They filled the space on that side with Moutinho coming across and yeah. and they stopped Saar even getting the ball in the first place, let alone stopped him from doubling up on uh, on one defender uh, with, with Sissoko, for example. Um, and, and just by small tweaks like that, they're able to get Neves on the ball more, and he then influenced the game totally from there. Uh, and in the end, they des- they deserved the win. It was a strange performance. I saw a lot of people sum it up the same way on Twitter, where it was it was a poorer performance than the first three games, but by no means a poor performance, um, and also a win. And that was, and to be honest, that, that was more important. They could have been battled all game and won one nil, provided they got the result. I think. Yeah, that, I mean that was that was the most important thing. I think you know, by hook or by crook, just get the win. Just get the win. Play great. Don't get any points. I don't care. They just needed to get the win. I think that would that's so important, and that that will that will give the team confidence. Um, and like you said, that second half was excellent. There's, there's, there's two players that I want to speak about. Um, we all know that that Nevsh was was superb on on the day, and and I think um, and so you've written you know. Um, a nice feature on him and, and done heat maps and I mean he is a different player for me under um, under Bruno than what he was under Nuno so so it's great to see him just almost seeing this team built around him really I think and uh, and and he's really stepping up to the plate and and I think he's taking command and it's great to see him you know we don't need but we can we can wax lyrical about Ruben Neves there's two there's two players that I want to speak about first of all Marcel, the the assist king that is that, that is that is Marcel. Um, obviously keeping Ryan Agnori out the side. Um, you know Johnny's still going to come back in probably next year, but he has started touch wood this season healthy, playing on the left left wing back role. Where do you see him? You know, and where do you see Bruno's tactics? And we're going to talk about this. We can talk about it now. You know, we're playing this, this this three at the back. Is there a chance that he could go to four at the back sooner rather than later? Does he keep? I think he'll keep this winning formula. I think anyway, going into Saturday. But if he does go four at the back, does he go into that left hand side? Is is he? Is it his shirt to lose? You said they were a little bit shaky in the first half, so there's still that that slight worry there. You know, wh- where do you see? Because I've been pretty impressed by him, not just at the start of this season, but in pre-season as well. He looks fit. He looks he looks strong. And um, and I think it's a it's a pleasant surprise. Oh, definitely. I, you know, even though he was injured every other week last year, he um, I think you could see when he did play that he was a quality player. Uh, I think that's... I don't think anyone could argue that. For me, he, um, he suits... I keep saying I'm not entirely convinced he's a left wing back. Um, but that's when you look in the role in isolation, totally in isolation. I think when you look at the team as a whole, with Adama Troy playing ahead of him, uh, it does work quite well because you don't really need someone bombing on ahead of Troyori. Um mm. At times you're going to need a, an option to pass, which Marcel does. You know, he gets forward to a point where he can make it an option. Most most of the time it's a backwards option, but then it opens up sort of triangle situations for the midfielder to get involved as well. Um, but with a player like Troy, you don't often need 
someone to run beyond him and overlap him um, because by the time they've done that, he's probably already ahead of them anyway. So yeah. um, it, it's it, I think in, in isolation, I'm not entirely convinced he's a wing-back. In looking at the team as a whole, I think it works quite well. Um, and you're right, I've, I've been impressed with him as well. I think he, he did very well in pre-season, got through that without any injuries. So far, Touchwood, as you say, has been doing pretty well. Um, he is, uh, I think, a very reliable, solid and dependable Sort of defender. Uh, he's, you know, I know we got a couple uh, of assists technically, um, but it's he's not really a potent attacking threat. He's more of an option, and he, you know he put a great cross in for the first the first goal that was headed in by Serrata. Um own goal, obviously that was headed in by Serrata. Um and it was a great cross. Don't get me wrong, um, but it's I think where his qualities really lie is in that defensive field where I think he does a very good job. Um, now I don't think he had a great first half at Watford. Um, mm. Him and him and Sars were getting caught out. I think it was more the positioning, to be honest. Um, Sars was coming across to cover Sar, who was staying very wide um, before Marcel was coming back into position, and that was opening a, a space in behind Sars, basically, which Suzuko was running into. So essentially, both players were sort of occupying the same space and letting a midfielder walk in behind them and you know get into the box. Uh, they fixed that in the second half. Bruno Large deserves credit for that, the tactical tweak that he made. Um, but the players, you know, they, these are intelligent professional footballers nowadays uh, in 2021 who are very good at their job. Um, and they deserve credit for, you know, making that switch and, and, and becoming wise to the threat that they were they were suffering from a little bit. But um, yeah, I think he's been a very reliable, dependable player so far. And if they changed before, I mean, you saw against... Crew first preseason game, which feels a long time ago now, doesn't it? That um, he started left back of a of a four at the back. Um, if they do change to a four, which I would expect they probably will at some point. I think you're right. I don't think they will be against Brentford, but I think at some point they will. Um, I would expect him to stay at left back, and that would probably suit him even more, to be honest. Um, to have another op- have more options ahead of him rather than him, him having to necessarily occupy that space. But overall, yeah, yeah been been very, been very good player, I think so far. Yeah, and look, the likes of the likes, and this is a great time, especially when you're still in the cup competitions. Even though um, we, we, I would expect Wolves to play a strong side against Spurs on Wednesday, but the likes of Uriah Knight, Norris, uh, Willie Bolly, if he if he doesn't change on Saturday, um, you know Huang, if he's still on the bench, these kind of players, I'm sure, will be starting. Fabio will be starting against Spurs on on Wednesday, so they're going to get a game pretty soon, aren't they? Yeah, you'd, you'd imagine so. Um, and, you know, Aitnoy did very well against Forrest, didn't he? Um, but, yeah, I would suspect, you know, those kind of players, you're right, Huang, Podence probably, mm-hmm. provided they don't start against Brentford, of course, uh, will probably start that game. Um, but I'll say this, I'm blue in the face. I really hope it is a strong team. You know, you said there you think he will. I think he will as well. I think um, it'll be those kind of players with, with, uh, with you know, with with the, the rest of the first teamers and then you'll have your likes of your... Your Jimenez is, or you know, your Neves if he doesn't play, and you know, and and maybe one or two other defenders on the bench, you know, if if needs be. But I think it will be a a, a pretty strong side. I'm I'm almost certain about yeah. that. And you look at, you know, let's say for example against Brentford, they do play this, the same back three again. You've got, mm. you know, Mosquera and Bolly to come in. Exactly, who... Mosquera, Bolly, Cody for me, I think yeah, would be exactly. the three um, that that would that would that would be there for um, for that game, and probably, um, you know, you'd have. Um, um, Ryan Nuri on the left, and then and then I would have thought on the right probably not Samedo. Yeah, probably Hover. You'd say yeah. You'd, 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 say you'd Hover, imagine yeah. You'd, yeah. You'd imagine you make those changes and probably mm-hmm. one then of the play. You know, Fabio, yeah. like you say, Pedence. I mean, and then you know you'll have Traore, Neves, Jimenez on your bench. I, I think I'd be more than happy with that. We don't ask for a lot. I mean. You know, if Nuno had done that in a few cup competitions, that's fine. But it, there was nowhere near that. You know. Well, you know what's going to happen, don't you? It's uh, no, no, no. Stop it. Nuno's he will. He will. Up. He will bring it. He will bring. He will bring a full strength side. He, he, if no, he's going to turn up. Go he's down and nut him. He's going. He's going <laughs> to. Nuno. Nuno's going to turn up. He's going to play his starting eleven from the Premier uh, League. Son's uh, going to magically come back from injury in time. You know, they're going to play everyone uh, <laughs> and, and go for it. Whereas when he was at Molineux, he was playing. You know, seventeen-year-olds. Um, oh, yeah, no, yeah, I think I think you're right in terms of the Wolves team. It'll be a, it'll be a fairly well. You know what? It's nice actually. This is a quite an obvious um, observation, but it's nice to to you know, assuming he does make those changes, that he's making those changes, and it will be several changes, but it's still a strong team. So that shows there is you know there is actually good quality in depth in terms of you know the first 
well, 18, 19, 20 players. Well, it, it, uh, it's, just, exactly. it's just beyond that with injuries where, you know, there's a, there's a concern. But in terms of those players there that are there now, I think any player off the bench uh, from the week, from the Watford game, you would, you'd be happy to see play. I think you'd, there wouldn't be a, you know, a massive uproar if that black player started. Look, when there's no injuries, this side is fine and the bench is fine. When you've got two, three, four injuries, which, which they will have this season because it's inevitable, that's when you're going to look, you know, you're going you're gonna to look weak. You're, you're going to look like, okay, goodness me, you're in a little bit of trouble here with your bench and stuff. And that's, you know, that's what the fans wanted and, and that's what they're concerned about and you can understand it. And if they have the same kind of injuries that they did last season, then there could be in a little bit of trouble. But the guys who, who got injured early on look like they're healing um, and... I think, like you say, it might have been a bit of a process of getting used to the regime that uh, that Bruno has put on them and, and the fitness. And it might, you know maybe it's going to take a couple of tears, a couple of small tears, a couple of times where players might not be used to what the, the regime. And that's happened. But touch wood, nothing since. And maybe they're getting used to used to what he wants to. Um, what he wants this side to, to play like and, and the levels that he requires and and uh, they look I think they look useful and I'm pretty excited about the upcoming few fixtures to be honest yeah same I mean just to, on that point in terms of the you know the double sessions the, the fitness the gruelling regime that Lars sort of put on them early days early early doors to to get them up to the right fitness um, I think you could see the one very small example in the Watford game with, with Ruben Neves now I could Go on and, as you say, wax lyrical about his uh, how good he's been and, and you know the refined role I think he's had. But if you you know go read my uh, my piece from this week, you'll see what I mean. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, there was one point where he was the the furthest man forward chasing down the goalkeeper. Um, I mean his his pressing and running in that game, and this was late in the second half as well. By, by mm. the way, was you know it was tireless, um, and he, he's never been a lazy player by any means. Um, but a small thing like that for me. Is a massive um, plus point for sure. what Bruno's trying sure. to do. I think it's really, you know, the ideas are getting across, um, and we can, I think we can see that, you know, across the board with the players. You know, they, it's a hard-working team anyway. I don't think they were ever a lazy squad, but it's um, it's really proving with those small examples, uh, and that is, you know, when it adds up in the long run, is it, going to add to more points and more results. You know, further down the line, maybe not even this season. The season after it, it, it all builds up and uh, and it adds that sort of mentality and, and philosophy to to the squad. So, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a good start, uh, despite the fact they've only won one out of four, which I don't think we'd be saying. And you can't, I can't fault Bruno. Honestly, I can't. And that's three points from a like you said from twelve, but um, but I can't fault him. I think he's done as well as he could have done uh, with with what's gone on and uh, fair play. And and I think. You know that could look a lot better with with these runner games coming up. Um, so that's the Marcel was the first one. The second one I wanted to speak to you about was is Raúl, Liam. Uh, what, what did you see from him on uh, you know at Watford, and do you think he's he's gradually getting back to? Are there glimpses there? Are there signs there with this runner games now? There striker, are signs. I mean, a striker like him, I think, regardless of the work rate that he's doing. A goal will just be huge for him. He just wants that, you know. He wants that first Premier League goal back after everything that's gone on. And I think once that goes in, whether it's off his head, whether it's off his knee, whether it's off his ass, I don't care. As long <laughs> as it goes in, I think then then there will be a huge relief, and I think we could see them start flying in from all over the place. Yeah, I mean, Bruno's spoken before and said, you know, he, he, he doesn't put pressure on Raúl to score goals. Um, I mean, I'm sure he would like him to score goals, of course. But as a as a striker, as a you know, an experienced player, Raúl will be desperate for a goal. Personally, yeah, yeah. he'll be absolutely desperate for one. Um, and yes, there have been signs. You know, he, I don't think he's been bad in any of the games so far. I don't think he's had a poor performance. Um, there's just been spells in the games where he hasn't been quite as influential. Uh, I think he's been a little bit isolated at times because, obviously, you know, the way Troy uh, and Trincao play. Um, I don't think they're quite getting the best out of Raul at the moment, but there have been mm. there have been signs. Um, the flick in the second half around the corner to play uh, Semedo in, um, and he, for his second one-on-one chance of the game that he should have scored. Uh, I mean, that was vintage Raul. That was vintage Raul from you know the last two three years. Yeah, uh, and it's no small signs that is because he hasn't been doing that particular uh, pass, for example. Those small signs where he's slowly getting back into it. I think. Uh, memories are short in football and you have to remember that 
gravity of the injury that he had. Uh, and it is going to take time. 100% is going to take time. But I, I'm very confident that he will score goals again. Uh, it will come back. But the weight off his shoulder when that first one goes in will be it will be immense. Um, and as you say there with the fixtures, he's got some good opportunities to do it. I think off the top of my head, I don't think we'll play a traditional top six team until December now. Um, mm-hmm. So there's you know there are opportunities coming up playing back-to-back newly promoted sides last week and, and, and Saturday. So um, he's going to have opportunities. Uh, I mean, he should have... up for him. It's set up for him on Saturday until the end. Oh, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It would be... Oh, I'll be on the pitch if he scores. I'll, oh. I'll, I'll be running down the touchline, knee slide in front of the South Bank. I don't think you'll have a uh, knee, mate, if, you, if you're running from the press box because you're going to you're gonna have to get... There's, there's a bit of a, a jump you're going to have to do back into the, the bottom of the um, bottom of the Billy Wright before you get onto that pitch. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty quick. He's... <laughs> uh, no, it, it, you know, it is it is a bit set up for him as well. I was just about to say as well that at Watford he had that heading opportunity from the Moutinho free kick that he maybe should have done a little bit better with a sort of diving header that went uh, past the post. But uh, he is getting some opportunities here and there. Nothing, you know, He's not had a tap in from two yards yet, but he is getting some opportunities. And I think um, he just needs that little stroke of luck. It, it, one will come and then I think you're right. One will come and, and, and it will be... It'll, the floodgates will open. We'll, we'll say that, hopefully. Absolutely. Uh, and, and just quickly, uh, the second goal, I mean, the first one, I own goal, but uh, Huang, mate, I mean, what, what a start for him. What a start. And if you're looking at confidence, you're looking at strikers, um, you know, forget Leipzig because uh, because one in one, 100% scoring record. And it's funny because, you know, you, you look at him, you look at the, He's a big boy. He is, yeah. he, is a, he is a big boy. And he kind of reminds me uh, physically, of an old school striker, you know mm. he's got like he's got a big frame. He's got he's got strong leg. He's got a big ass. And, and but those <laughs> no, but those but those are things that. But what I'm saying is those no, strikers who've done really well, who, who do especially Premier League English football, and, and that's the kind of physical shape that I think they do really well. And that's why I think he might be suited to English football. Someone who comes to mind, someone like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank had that, you know, that kind mm. of structure, that kind, that kind of body where, you know, he's not tall and skinny, you know, he, he's, he's thicker, but it, but you need that and you need that power on the shot. And I feel like, you know, I know it was a tapping in the end, you know, for, for, for the goal, but that kind of, a, that sometimes that kind of physicality, you need that, I think. And, and you need something different to what Raul gives you. I'm quite excited about him actually. So, um, obviously, he's come through and he's got you know he's got this um, huge following as well. You know, uh, you know abroad, which is great. Um, and uh, I think he could. I think this could be a useful signing. I was I was a little bit skeptical, and I still will be. You will have to see him play a little bit more. And I'm actually looking forward to see him if he does start against Spurs. I don't think he will start against Brentford, but he's a good option. And to get someone who's coming as a, as that second striker. And for me, probably ahead of Fabio, I think. Is you, you, I mean, you might see it, see it differently. I know there's maybe different horses for courses, but for me, he's you know he's the number two to um, to Raúl. He started really well, and I'm, I think he could offer a really good option. Not just you know coming on the last 15, 20 minutes, but eventually, if he does carry on playing, maybe maybe as um, maybe as a two up front. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I, I think he will be the second to Raúl once Pedro Neto's back. Um, I think he more at the moment is more of a fill in there um, yeah. because obviously he came on and with half an hour to go against Watford and, and went straight to the left side. Yes, um, but a lot of the runs he was making as well, he was making intelligent runs infield um, and and a lot of them starting infield as well. So he, he wasn't sticking to the wing; he was mixing it up and 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 giving Watford something else to think about. And in terms of the sort of player he reminds me of, I think he's a bit bigger than this player, as you mentioned in terms of his sort of body size. Um, but he sort of reminds me a little bit of Eden Hazard. Um, mm. The size, well, the lower part of the body, the size, I won't mention some of the words you used. Um, that All that, and, and I think the power, the running power, he reminds me a little bit of Hazard. Um, I think he's probably, uh, Hazard wasn't slow, don't get me wrong, it isn't slow now, but I think he's probably a little bit quicker, probably a little bit more explosive than Hazard was, or is. Um, but he sort of reminds me a little bit of that, you know, coming on, in off the left, got a good touch. Uh, making in infield runs, he reminds me of, of that sort of player a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a good option because he's got um, clearly got in, in his locker to play on out on the left or the right. Uh, he came on the left against Watford to go through the middle as well. Once Pedro Neto's back, the the options there further up the field will be obviously even greater improved. 
Um, but I, I was quite impressed with just the intelligent runs he was making. There was a couple that weren't picked out as well. Really nice runs in behind that, you know, had he been found, could have been good opportunities. Um, and just the the awareness, the intelligence to, to sort of drift in at the back post then when that, that cross comes in. Um, and you cannot underestimate how important it is for him to have got that goal because at, in Austria at Salzburg he had a great uh, partnership with Erling Haaland and, and you know scored goals got assists went to Leipzig in Germany and struggled in front of goal to have come and in his first half an hour in a Wolf shirt to have scored I think is only going to be massive for confidence um, and you know, in terms of settling into a new country, a new culture, and a new club, and new teammates, everything is gonna. Because you know, we only had about two days to train, and one of those days was was a very short one for him as well. So, to have all of that come together with a goal is going to be perfect for him. Um, and I don't think you can underestimate that. But I have to say as well, I don't want to have to get off the the Huang hype train. But I've got to mention Daniel Podence mm. because that assist. Well, he technically wasn't an assist because Marcel had a shot first, but I'm going to give it to him as an assist. Um, for me, I thought was genius, genuinely genius. I I think his, I think we've seen him in previous seasons. I know he struggled with injuries last year and, and things like that. Where, but the, for parts of last season, he was very. I'm not sure if quiet is the right word. Um, he sort of went into his shadow a little bit. I felt, and you saw him against Forest. He was. The, you know, the best player on the pitch at that Forest for me should have got a couple of goals got one in the end um, you know come back from injury played 60 odd minutes in that game as well comes in and he didn't do loads I mean he didn't, he, he didn't have very much time he had about 10 minutes or so he didn't have loads of time to actually uh, you know influence the game but just the how clever and deft the touch was the fake shot or fake cross and then the little dink over I just thought it was I thought it was genius I really did and he looks like he's really and by the way the cross was perfect mm. he looks like he's really confident again and confidence is a word that you can throw out and it's easy to you know put out there but he, he looks like he's enjoying getting on the ball and he looks like he's enjoying the start of play and I think that's the same for a few players in this Wolves team I think in, in, in many Smiling, ways had, Liam, yeah they, the shackles are off the shackles are off. They're going Ruben for it. Ruben Neves smiling. You know, you can see he's different. He's different in the demeanor. They're, they're exactly. enjoying playing football. I think so. And, and I know it's nice that the fans are back, and and yeah, it's going to be a more of an enjoyable atmosphere to play. You know, home and away now. But it's, it's something more than that. I think. I really do think that the that Bruno is trusting these players. And I don't think there was a lot of trust put in them last season. But you know, he's trusting these players to express themselves, to back them, to back themselves. And I, and I think. You know, it, it's starting to pay off, not just now in performances, but also results. A hundred percent. As I said, for me, it's the, the shackles being ripped off and then being able to just go out there and express themselves a little bit more. Now, don't get me wrong, there is, you know, very stern tactical things, you know, in terms of being compact defensively, winning the ball back, all these kind of things that players have to do. But it's when they go forward, they, they, they just look like they're enjoying football again. And smiling's the great way to put it. I think Ruben Neves has been brilliant, refined role, Things are easier for him now. It's there's less. I think there's less pressure taken off him, and less. I wouldn't say necessarily say less responsibility, but yeah, less pressure is probably the best way to put it because um, he's sort of he's got one focus. He, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's he's on that right side. He's picking the ball up, and he's making things happen with it. Yeah. Go, going forward, Huang's had a got a goal done fairly well. Podence has set up one brilliantly. You know, Troy's had a great start to the season, and Trincao he was arguably one of the best players for Wolves, particularly that first half uh, at Watford. Uh, went a little bit quiet when he switched wings and, and came off after um, after an hour, but I think he's, he's he's growing into English football and I think he is um, going to have a good season, I really do. I, I was sceptical uh, at one point. I thought he had a very poor pre-season on the whole, to be honest. Um, but I, I do think he's growing into it now. The performances are, are increasing. Uh, they're getting more consistent. Um, and I think it's you know that's obviously only good for the squad, and they've got very good options going forward. A few more goals, a bit more of a spread of the goals as well. Um, less own goals and more goals for Wolves players would be nice. But uh, as long as they get results, um, obviously that that's paramount. Yeah, I think with Trincao, it, it's almost going to be slightly different for him because I think from Bruno, if if he is going to continue to start and the way that Wolves are playing at this moment in time and the, the way they're setting up, he's probably going to be that first substitute pretty much every single game, really. Because you're not really taking Traore off. You're not taking Jimenez off. 
So I think that, you know, if, if you're Bruno and you're saying, look, I need 60 minutes out of you here, because when you've got Juan, when you've got um, Pedent to come on, or if Pedent, or if they're starting, Trincao's on the bench, he's probably, of those front three, the most likely person to rotate, I feel, um, from a substitution point of view. So, you know, it's, it's almost slightly different for him. You know, give me 55 minutes, give me 60 minutes, give me 65 minutes all out knowing that you can bring someone fresh on, because you're probably not taking either of the other two front two off, are you? Unless, unless they're having a stinker. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Because Troy only came off with sort of 10 minutes or so to go yeah. when, when Podence came on. So mm-hmm. um, that's right. And we've Especially seen that Especially when Troy can play on both flanks as yeah, well. You know, exactly. you, can, you can mix and match as, as you do. So I would thought that he would probably be the guy, um, you know, Francisco, to, to, to be the person that would have to make way. But... You know, when you're getting used to the game, when you're getting used to the speed of the game and, and, and to English football, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, really. And I think especially people who do come from, you know, from, from abroad coming in here, I think I think they do fade away slightly you know, in the last 20 minutes, half an hour of the game, which is always a high-tempo game in English football. So it actually suits, you know, barring injuries, them down to the ground to be able to, to switch in. Yeah, that's one point that I agree with. And the other point is with Trincao is that He's probably less explosive than the other three options, mm. Um, mm. just in terms of his style as a player. Yeah. So to take him off for someone, particularly if they're chasing a game, take him off for someone um, that is a bit more explosive uh, and offers something different, it's going to be, most of the time, it's going to be the option they're going to go with. Um, I think we'll probably see him, you know, if, if Wolves are two or three up by 70th minute or so, you probably will see him staying on and, and try to come off instead. But uh, when they're chasing a game, they need someone a bit more explosive Oftentimes they do, uh, and that's where Huang and Podence offer something a bit different, I think. Excellent. Time to take your questions. Before that, just a word from our sponsors, Adoption at Heart. Thinking of adoption, we have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency from the black country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust, and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates or to book your place, call 01902 5538. One eight, right? See, holy, and let's see what beautiful people have asked us some questiones today. First of all, we got Nag, who says, "Which of the current crop of under twenty threes are we looking out for, and will we see many of them on the bench against Spurs?" So let's take. I mean, the Spurs thing, we we will kind of debate. We, you'll probably see a couple of them on the bench. I'm sure you will do. But take the first part of the question. I think, Liam. Um, you know, which of these twenty three stars do you think you could see? making it or getting through into and pushing into a, a regular first team squad place. Yeah, so for, obviously for the ones that aren't um that aren't on, on loan, because there's a couple of very good ones on loan. But for me it would probably have to be the two that are, you know, the first choice really to get into the first team for what we've seen in pre season would be Luke Cundell and Chem Campbell for me. Um Cundell is a player who has played on the on the wing of a front three in 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 preseason, that's easy for me to say. <laughs> he has uh, played in midfield. Um, is uh, has impressed a lot for the under twenty threes. He's taken over the captaincy now with um, with Marquez going out on loan. Um, so he's a player to look out for. And for me, Chem Campbell, I was very impressed with his second half performance away at Coventry in preseason. Mm. Uh, and actually, I had a couple friends at the game who were Coventry fans, and uh, I spoke to them afterwards, and they. And they asked me who who was that number seven. Um, obviously, that was Chem Campbell at the time. And I said, uh, and they and they said they were they were very impressed with him. I mean, they, they one of them wanted him on loan for the championship. So um, I think those for me would be the two that stand out. And uh, yeah, in terms of being on the bench, you can see them at some point. We can argue over the Spurs game. I'm not convinced they will be for that one. But um, yeah, I think they'll get opportunities at some point. Certainly. Excellent. Uh, he also says, in honour of Emma Raducanu's achievements whilst you were out there, what are yours and Liam's biggest achievements at 18? Yours would probably be staying just below 25 stone, wasn't it? Probably, mate. I probably was going to say, uh, I mean, demolishing the, the regular McDonald's order was four single cheeseburgers, 20 chicken nuggets and a supersized fries with a supersized Diet Coke. 
Um, it does sound good. That, uh, oh, mate, delicious. And probably about four pots of sweet and sour sauce. Uh, what other achievements before 18? She's won, um, I probably got to second base with a girl, I think, by that time. So <laughs> in, in Lineker's in Lanzarote. It's probably uh, probably as good as it gets, mate, when uh, before 18 is my major achievement. See, it's 18 such a long time ago for me now. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, no, I was, but I was going to say pass my driving test. That, I think I was 17 when I did that. Uh. Um, well, I think actually, no, it'd be four, before no. 18. I think we'll be no. 18. No, you know what? I wasn't actually, I was 18, so I'll go with that. Passing your driving test, let's go with it. So, Liam says passing his driving test, and I got to second base in Linkers and Lance Right, yeah, excellent news. Well, I can't say the other thing because I obviously I was, you know, I was way above you in terms of the other uh, the other category. Oh, oh, interesting. Oh, is that flying, the one for the next high, podcast? Flying oh, here high. we go, here we go. Uh, Reggie says, How was New York, Nathan, uh, in particular, Arthur Ashe Court? Yeah, amazing court, like. Huge, one of the, probably the biggest centre court in the world, I would have thought. But massive, massive court, um, especially for the night games as well. Crowd get a little bit. It's very different to Wimbledon. Wimbledon's very lavish and and beautiful greenery, greenery and and champagne and strawberries and polite claps. I mean, it's a bit of a shit show at the you know the new, especially when it's in a night game at the at the U.S. Open. There's bars everywhere. Uh, people are kind of encouraged to be a little bit leery, a bit loud, but that kind of makes it. That's you know, that's kind of what USA is about. So um, yeah, great, great court and uh, just just massive, massive. But uh, one crossed off the bucket list. Um, he says, "Should we be worried that we've played four Premier League games, created so many chances, yet only scored two goals, of which one of those was an own goal? What needs to be done to start converting more of our chances?" It's the million dollar question, isn't it? It's um, it's almost tough to answer, really, because... I'm going to say ask the same question again after Saturday. Because I think they're going to score a couple on Saturday, two or three on Saturday. And if they I don't, so. then I think maybe we can... I'd start to get a little bit worried, but I, I'm going to give them those three games. They've got the goal now. You know, I think the confidence is starting to come back. I, I would like to be able to answer this question better, I think, after Brentford. You've answered it for me. Perfect. Okay. Uh, Rob Spicer <laughs> says, please discuss the manner of which we considered the three goals so far this campaign and tell us whether you think the lack of a centre-back signing in the transfer window is still a concern. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a concern right now. Um, I mean, I, I still agree that, you know, Wolves needed extra signings in, in the window and a centre-back would have been one of them. Um but right now, with the perform, I think all three of the the back threes at the moment are playing quite well. Kilman, in particular, has been has been very good. Uh, it's been the, the standout performer, really, potentially across the whole squad. Um, so I wouldn't say it's a huge concern. You look at the, I think you look at the Spurs goal or the penalty. Well, what led to the penalty is as potentially the biggest concern of those goals so far because it was Wolves getting caught out in behind. Uh, a pass between Sice and Cody um, and, and getting caught out in those sort of small, uh, tight-knit areas. Uh, that would be the biggest concern of the three goals. But overall, I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's a huge concern right now. I do think they're playing quite well. And, and at the moment, they're keeping Bolly out of the team. I, I don't think Bolly will come in for, for Brentford either. So, no, no. Um, so yeah. Graham Palmer, Jeff Shee says there are targets in January. Are we going back in for Botman and Sanchez? I mean... I'm pretty sure that Sanchez is, is is a given that they're going to go back in for him, depending on how the injury is and, and that it's all healed up. And I, I'm sure if there is a deal to be done, that Wolves will do that deal. Botman, well, can they raise the money? Will, will the price will have changed if he wants to come, if Wolves want the deal done? I think depending on how the thing, how the season's going and how the defence is looking, that they will. That it's a pretty safe bet again to say that they will be they will be looking at both of those players. Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd imagine so. Uh, they're going to be two of a long list of targets as it has been over the summer, but you'd imagine they. Um, there's all if buts and maybe state. A lot of things uh, can happen in football. There'll be a lot of other targets, as, as I say, but you'd imagine there'd be two that would be on the radar, particularly uh, particularly if Sanchez gets back playing and, and fit again around that time as well. So, uh, so yeah. And like you said in the last podcast, Liam, I was listening to, is that, you know, yes, they haven't spent, but there was money to spend there. So that money is still there to spend. Mm. You know, come January, so they could be more than one of the more proactive teams. I think in January, and if they are going to get players, um, you know, in January and maybe sign sign players that if they'd waited till next summer, then then a lot more clubs will be interested in them. If they can get a you know a march on those on those clubs and get deals done because they've saved money in in the summer, 
that that will that will be massive because you know, like you say, when 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 the sum, when the summer comes and and other clubs are looking at their squads, then then you, you're kind of competing against two or three or four. But if you can get that deal done, and I'm sure some of the clubs will be quite happy to take the money in January, um, six months earlier, then uh, that could really help Wolves out if they play it to their advantage and and they do deliver. And I think they will do in January actually. But I'm I'm kind of kind of pleasantly. Uh, well, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that they will they will get a couple across the line and maybe even more. Yeah, I, I think they'll they'll be active. Um, I think they're going to need to be as well. Um, January is a very difficult window to work in. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, but I do. I'm, I'm confident they they'll get a couple in that they that are going to be useful to the squad um, because they've taken a decision to go with the quality and not bring players in for the sake of it. They're going to have to to work towards making that happen in January now, certainly. Lee says, do you think uh, with how dominant we've been in all our matches so far, it's time to brave four at the back against perceived, in inverted commas, weaker opposition like Brentford, frees up some space for another attack-minded player like Huang or Pedence? There's definitely potential for it, um, particularly the Brentford game. I'll, I'll come on to it when we do our Brentford preview. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it for the Brentford game and I'll explain why. Um, but yeah, there, there's, certainly, there's certainly potential there. The problem is you've got to find what is a what is the back two partnership in at centre back? Um, do you bring Bolly back in and play Bolly and Kilman, or do you bring Bolly back in alongside Cody? Or you know what? There's lots of different changes you can make there, um, and I'm not even sure anyone has really got the answer what the best two would be as well. I think it's up for debate really because there's always that worry about Cody in a in a, in a back four. He's played there a couple of times with England and done well, but it's very different, you know, football against very different opposition. Um, obviously, Kilman's been playing very well, and it's yeah, it's it's a tough one. Uh, that would be the biggest sticking point, is, you know, where they fit that in. Had they make it made a centre back signing, potentially it would have been much easier to to figure that out. But um, there's 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 opportunities for it, yes. But you'd have to be careful about so called weaker opponents because mm. Brentford one, for example, are, I think uh, are actually a pretty handy side. I'm not not, no, not convinced they'll stay up, but I think they're they're dangerous when they want to be. Um, and there's a lot of other clubs that were perceived as, as weaker, but the Premier League can be a, a funny old place at times. So, yeah, it's 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 one of the... I do think it'll change to four, but I just need, think you need to figure out what is the best two. Yeah, I think they want to get some more points on the board first as well. There's going to be a time and a place. I'm not sure whether this is the time or place. Yeah. We might, we might, we might be shocked and it, you know, you might change it, but I think... Um, I think it's safe to say let's just get another winner under under the belt first and then we can go from there. Uh, Baltimore Wolves says, favourite local delicacy from across the pond, salmon in Seattle, Coney Island, hot dog in Detroit. Um, oh, mate, I mean, I, I really... I did work very hard in the gym and I was walking all over the place. I was walking maybe 10, 12, 13 miles a day to these eateries so that I felt like, you know, I can... I've earned, I've earned the food. Cat's Deli, I, I put a picture of that. The pastrami sandwich is there. If you haven't been, I mean, it's... Been there five, six, seven times now, but it's iconic, mate. It's the greatest sandwich I've ever had in my life. It's like two, three pounds of pastrami on rye with mustard, some potato latkes, mate, like a black cherry um, drink. Oh, mate, unbelievable. The salmon in Seattle, West Coast, is like not like salmon you've ever tasted. Melts in your mouth. That's incredible. Stone crab I like as well. Um, but yeah, good old hot dog from Nathan's Coney Island, absolutely just legendary. Have you ever seen the Nathan's hot dog eating competition, Liam? Have you seen I, had, I actually have. Yeah. Oh mate, it's rank, isn't it? Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> is it, is it, who is it? Joey, someone into it or whatever, and he's like the, the world record holder. But they literally separate the hot dog and then the the bun, and then they have the water and they dip the water yeah. in the bun and they shove. Oh. Can you yeah. imagine the indigestion? Oh, God, I mean, it's sort oh. of on one hand, you know, you talking about this pastrami and all this is making me very hungry. Mm. And on the other hand, I feel particularly sick now thinking oh, about the hot dog eating. Absolutely got horrendous, horrendous. It's so rank. I did have a delicious, bringing it back to nice food, a delicious tomahawk steak. That was amazing oh, in New York. Absolutely incredible. Uh, and there was also really good. Very well reviewed um, Korean barbecue that we had on the last night. So they come in hot plate in the middle of the table. They come with this marinated short rib. Just put the strips on it, and it kind of like 
cooks in front of you. She cooks it for you. Loads of kind of like little dishes around it that you add in. Had some sake with that. And then they have like some dry noodles and these the juices from the rib kind of just just kind of like gather in the in this circle at the bottom and then they put the noodles in there and they cook them in the juices. Oh my God, mate. Oh, yeah, I'm hungry now. Amazing. Amazing. So when are we going? Oh, mate. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get it on the company. I think I think Martin said that we can we can go anytime we want. So uh, next international break, October, let's go, me and you. Pre-season tour. Beavers and Butthead. <laughs> um, okay. Adam Bull says... What would you consider successful during the large era, um, and how do you? How long do you think the, the large era could last for? Well, depending on results and uh, things. I mean, I think it's a good question. What do you think would be successful? I mean, I think that goes hand in hand with with what money he is given and how many, you know, how how much he's got to play with. I think, and, and does he get free reign and to sign who he wants within reason? Um, it's really difficult to say. It's, it's for a me, good question, not yeah. It's a really difficult one. If he's given what he wants and given the players that he wants, and that might take another two windows, let's say, let's give him January and let's give him the summer, I think success would be getting back into Europe, to be honest, and probably getting to a final, if not winning, a, a cup competition, for me, would be successful. You took the words straight out of my mouth. The first thing that even came to my mind before even the league was winning a trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think this Wolves team, uh, I, I can I'll bang on about the cups and how you know I think Nuno messed up, um, but I think this team is very very capable of winning one of these trophies this year, let alone you know two three years um, from now when when you know Bruno's still in contract and still potentially with with the team. So, um, but yeah, I think you're right. You know, if he's given. Uh, it's hypotheticals, but if he's given um, the opportunity to build the squad in his vision and over you know a few transfer windows, um, I think getting back into Europe um, and, and winning a trophy, they're, they're the top two things. You know, if he you know gets Wolves into a consistent top ten situation and wins a trophy, you know, there's an argument to say that's pretty successful as well. Um, but yeah, it it's hinges somewhere around that for me, and a trophy I think would be huge. Rob Cartwright, surely that seat's too far back for first class. It wasn't first class, Rob. I had to, to slum it in business, unfortunately. There was a bed for me, but at the same time, it wasn't... It wasn't um, you know, I didn't have a shower, which they, they oh, do have on no. first class now. Um, so I had to, I had to you know, forego the shower, unfortunately. But yeah, just My just heart's business. bleeding for you. Oh, mate. Terrible. Terrible news. <laughs> uh, cool Hand Addy says, uh, how did you find all the COVID test issues? Honestly, absolutely no problem. Got your COVID test here. Um, get on. I was 15 minutes checking into to Heathrow. I was 15 minutes at US at the other end. Free COVID tests all over the country, so you could go and get that. You know, any time in America for three days before. Did that. 10 minutes. Flew back. No problem at all. Do my two-day test. Cost me about 70 quid, I think, total. They've all all the tests have come down now. I remember when we were going early on, trying to get out there, about 250 quid for a test of COVID. Now it's like 60, 70 quid max, I think, there and back. So. Happy days, happy days. Get yourself out there. Anyone who's anyone who is is thinking, do I go? Do I not? It's not as bad as what they make out. Honestly, it's it's a lot less busy in the airports. If you've got all your documentation and you're ready to go and you've got a folder, and you'll sail through. I would go. Honestly, go. Don't worry about it. If you're double vaccinated. Also, I'll tell you what was refreshing, change, Liam. Getting into the U.S. Open or getting into a restaurant, you had to show you were double vaccinated. Couldn't get in otherwise, couldn't eat inside, couldn't go into a main sports stadium. So, you know, and everybody was doing it. So fair play. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, ba, 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 ba. Paul Mantle says, despite Moutinho being um, a fair bit, playing a fair bit in the Euros, he looks fitter than ever. What is Large doing that seems to be giving the Portuguese magician a new lease of life? Yeah, maybe I owe Jan Moutinho an apology. Um well, I, I never. Yes, I do. <laughs> what on earth yes, was that? It's my, it's my Is that meant to be Portuguese? There's a lot of other things it sounds like, but I'm not sure I can go into it. Um, <laughs> right? No, no, I never, I never slagged him off because I still, you know, said that he's yes, clearly, clearly very talented player. Um, yes, but <laughs> this is unbearable. <laughs> but uh, award-winning stuff. Here, mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, where are the podcast awards? We're getting on yeah. it. Um, I, um, but you know, the, the biggest criticism for me was, and a lot for a lot of people, was to, to feel his legs had gone. And I think that we still, you know, I don't think he's still, you know, he's not a spring chicken. It's, it's not, a, it's, he's not 25 anymore. But um, I think similar to Neves in terms of the, the refined responsibilities, uh, the refined role um, is giving him less to do um, and allowing him to be more influential in what he is doing. Um, so I think it's very similar to, to Ruben really. Um, and that's helped him and that's helped him because he's not having to, you know, run a hundred yards one end to the other. Um, he's sticking fairly rigidly to the left side of the midfield too. Yeah. Um, he doesn't get too far forward, comes back to receive the ball. Um, Ruben's actually getting slightly more forward than he is at the moment. Um, on the whole, from what I can tell anyway. So um, I think it's that. I think it's just the refined role. It's it's uh, narrower to, to Ruben. So they've got their sort of sticking together when they need to. And then he's pushing out to create triangle situations with the uh, left-sided centre-back and, uh, and, the, and the wing-back as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's just been having slightly less to do uh, and having more focus on, on the positive things he can do when he's got with and without the ball, actually. So, yeah. Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Brentford Saturday. What, what time is it? It's not three. It's about twelve thirty. No, twelve thirty. Twelve thirty p.m. Molyneux. I've got. Uh, I've got this this bets weekend that I do. So we we put money in every. We put like there's like ten of us, and we put in. We have to put a ten pound bet on every month or so, and we have a betting kitty at the end of the season. We have a big night out. So this betting kitty's rolled over for three years because of COVID. So everyone's coming to Birmingham now on Saturday to have a major, major booze up. And I've got to work bloody Brentford. But to be honest, best of both worlds, get the win, get out of there, come back, shower, change, meet them all in Birmingham. So if anyone's in Birmingham on uh, on Saturday night, don't take any photographs of me, please. <laughs> because um, I will not be I will not be in a good state, to put it that That's way. an invitation to take lots and lots of photographs of me. What's the best season. place to go to in Birmingham, mate? It's not Arcadia, is it? That's don't ask me. What, I've, no, I've never been out in Birmingham. Uh, they're going to um they're going to is it Fight Club or Flight Club or something? Ah. Some sort of game situation oh, during the daytime. I was in Flight Club in Birmingham this week. Ah, good. Talk to me. I, I've been to Flight Club. I've been to the one in Birmingham a couple of times. I went to one in Manchester not long ago, about a month ago. Um, Never it's, been to I, one. It's really good. Really, it? really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's, it's great if you've got like a, a big group. I mean, I've been there with me and two others or me and three others as well, just a smaller group and it's still really good. So, yeah, just loads of different games on a with a dartboard and like interactive. Like it, it, The dartboard's real, but like the screen's all digital and it's got different games on and stuff and drinks and food straight to, straight to your little booth and everything. Yeah, it's great. Oh, decent. Yeah, they're doing that. I think obviously during the game, so I'm going to miss out on that. And then, um, and then, yeah, I don't know what uh, I don't know what the situation is. Um, where are they going? Let's have a look. But yeah, if anyone knows any good places, I don't. Are they going to? Is it Dirty Martini? Is that good? That's. I think that I've been to one in. I've been to one of those in Manchester. There's been like to one a, in London, but I don't know whether there's any good in, in in Birmingham. See, the thing is, we've got a big group of guys. You see, when you when you've got just guys, if there's limited places you can go into, you've got to go in twos and threes. Can't go in as a group of eight anyway, can you really? So you want somewhere that you can get drinks. You're not queuing up for like you know ten people deep. You, you know you've probably got like a little base. You can have a little bit of a dance, some good cheese. Um, you know, on the on the on the floor, and then that's 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 all that you want. Bit of a boogie. Sounds sounds good to me. But no, I, surprisingly, I've never actually been out out in Birmingham. I've been there for bars and and a couple you know pubs and stuff. But no, there'll be a few alcoholics who listen to this podcast, mate. Let us know. Send us send us what the best places yeah. to go to in um, in Brum for us. Um, right, Brentford. Talk I would say. I would say. It's going to be the same team. Would you would you say that that would be the correct answer, Liam Keane? I would say that'd be the correct answer. Yeah, I mean, it's yes, pretty, sir. Pretty much. I mean, look, Willie Bolly's obviously pushing for a place. Pedence is pushing. Huang's pushing. Uh, Dendonka. But you've got to think that those those are all probably going to be. You know, go with Watford. What what the the tried and tested that, that beat Watford. I would have thought. 
Oh, I thought I lost you for a second. Then oh, no, no. Uh, all good. No, no technical difficulties like, Hello? here. Hello, <laughs> you about, help me out. <laughs> you about to start? Your... Don't let me talk about the team yes, when I wasn't even there. <laughs> so for, there was for a second that I thought this is not good. Um, no, um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think um, he he kept the same team, didn't he, from the Manchester United game? I know there was the international break in between, but um, I think it would be the same again, unless obviously there's any you know injuries that we're unaware of at the moment. But um, yeah, for me, it would be. And to be honest, that's what I would do as well, actually. Not just what I think he would do. It's what I would do. Uh, I think you stick with um, a winning team, provided there isn't any you know, major tactical reasons to change or injury reasons. Um, and for me, I think it's it's a team that's won. It's a team that is performing well. There's no reason not to not to keep it. But you also look at Brentford as well and what they offer. And, and they are a decent side. Of course they are. I mean, obviously that great opening day beating Arsenal, a couple of draws since then. Did have a poor loss to Brighton um, last week. See a lot of people nil. talking about that poor loss against Brighton. Brighton are a decent side for me. No, like no. you know they yeah Come they are it. they're a decent enough side. No. I think they, they don't get as much credit as they deserve. They're not nah. they're not the worst. They're not the worst nah. side in the Premier League, mate. I'm telling nah. you. <laughs> nah, they've no, gone to Palace. They've gone to Villa. They've got points there. That, you know. I think Villa's yeah. not the easiest place to go to. Palace, well, we know what happened against Palace away last season. Um, so It'll I think they're going to have to down. play. Yeah, they're going to have to play well. Look, Tony hasn't got going for them yet, and I think uh, he's obviously makes them tick. So if you stop him, then I think you you know you, you keep the threat down. It'll be nice to get an early goal, take that pressure off, especially in front yeah. of an expectant home crowd, and get that first get that first home win of the season. Yeah, definitely. The the, the result against Watford, I think, is important on that end as well because. Um, the Wolves fans have been very, on the whole, very pleased with Bruno, the style of football, and um, and uh, you know been quite expecting, as you say. But if they didn't beat Watford, or even if they lost against Watford, the, the pressure would, would mount for this home game oh, against yeah. Brentford, big time. Yeah. Um, you know, two newly promoted sides back to back. I mean, you want to you want to come away with three, four points, six points, obviously is ideal. Um, to if they so they did lose against Watford, it would have been you know it would have been very uh, intense pressure for this one, but. Um, if they yeah. can win and then you've got Southampton you've got Newcastle Winnable Villa games. Leeds you know Everton Palace I mean these are all games that you're looking to get you'd be disappointed if you're not taking points away if not you know, yeah. if not maximum so if they can get six points and get right back up that table you know if they win on Saturday then they're going to be halfway again aren't they I mean 100% they're going to be halfway and then you've got that run of games that'd be great just great for team morale you know going into Wednesday night takes that pressure off go and do Nuno get up this cup get get into the next round and then and then you can really you know set sail in this Premier League and really stamp stamp your authority on it because you know what you know you've got to the pace that you know you, you know the manager is you know the identity of the squad you know the way that they're playing football and they've got points on the board it would be great I think it's another important game to be honest yeah I totally totally agree I think it's a, as you say very winnable as well can also when you look at the the results or the fixtures sorry coming up um it's it's one to to put you in good stead uh, particularly at home as well but looking at Brentford you mentioned Tony you know they've got um, and Buemo, I think is how it's pronounced. Brian and Buemo in, in behind as well as a, as a two with with Tony. I think he's he's had a decent start to the season. They play normally either a three five two or a, a three four one two. Um, so it's a fairly it's fairly similar to um, to Wolves, except they overload the midfield a bit more and they you know they play a two strikers rather than a, mm-hmm. a front three. So um, those similarities are going to be interesting because for me it comes down to the styles. Um, Wolves tend to counter-attack uh, a lot more than, than Brentford do, looking at the stats. Uh, as I say, in terms of overloading the midfield, Brentford try and keep hold of the ball if they can um, and, and create opportunities to play the ball over the top and in behind. Uh, Wolves do that less. They tend to get out to the wing a lot more and, and sort of counter-attack in that way. So it'd be interesting how, the, how they match up, really. Um, but in terms of the formations they're going to pretty much match up uh, fairly fairly well, but it'd be interesting the how the overload midfield is going to work because if they do play three sort of central midfielders Brentford rather than playing the one slightly for, further forward, um, there could be a potential that uh, Neves and Matini get overran, for example, if Wolves can't get hold of the ball. So um, it's interesting how the tactics is going to match up there, and, and you would expect that both teams are going to stick with the formations that they've had so far this season. So. Um, it's not going to be easy by any means, of course, but I think Wolves are, are going to go into it favourites. They're going to be um, expecting to get a result with a home crowd uh, with them as well. So um, I would, 
I would certainly back Wolves to do well. I think um, I don't think you really have, apart from not converting chances, you don't really have a major reason not to have a bit of confidence in this Wolves team at the moment. So the all-important question to the people who listen and, and retweet every week to the loyal listeners is, who, who are desperately itching to get some kind of a Wolves shirt from you, is this is your last chance, Liam. This is last chance saloon for you. You need to give me the prediction of Wolverhampton Wanderers and Brentford. Last chance saloon. The pressure last chance is... saloon. And then, and then you're having a two-week hiatus if you get this wrong. And then, you can, <laughs> then I might give you a second chance. Well, I don't think you're going to agree with what I'm going to say. Oh. <laughs> one one. Oh, <laughs> poor bloody listeners listening to sixty-five minutes and you've given us a one-one draw. I'm sorry. I, I've got to go with what I. I just feel like they're going to sort of match each other a little bit, and I, I think Bradford actually had an all right team. So okay, well we're going to go with your one-one, Liam. We'll go with your one-one. I think it's going to be two-nil Wolves, uh, but we'll see who's right. God, it I hope be, I'm right it, now, just it, to throw that back in your face. Well, you, you hope you're right after a 1-1 draw. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, I don't mean board. it. <laughs> no, oh I am a Wolves fan. No, no, no I, want you to, I want us to win 2-0. Bring this is the problem, sword. it's like between a rock and a hard place. What, you're trying to get, I'm giving a 0-0 you know, no, predictions. I'm just busting your balls, I'm just busting your balls. You can have your 1-1, <laughs> you can have your 1-1. Uh, I, don't, I don't want it now. You can shove it. No, 1-1, one, one. Um, so you go 1-1. One, one. I've gone 2-0, I think it'll be three points. Um... Look, and if it's not, then I might as well not turn up for any more Wolves games, to be honest, mate, because... Uh, <laughs> I'll do me a favour. Yeah, do you a favour, <laughs> do the fans a favour and, uh, and hopefully get some more wins, but I'm fairly confident. We shall see. Join myself and Liam, 12.30 kickoff at Molyneux on Saturday. Thanks very much, mate. Loved it. I'm going to go and get some sleep very quickly after I've got this out because um, I am shattered. <laughs> from me, from Keno, have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>